Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual path of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that many are familiar with today, but not all are aware of its deep meaning. Unity, union, bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously rest in our essential spiritual nature can be described as being restored to our original wholeness. Yoga is self-realization. It's knowing the truth of what we are and then living in harmony with that truth. Today's topic is Intentional Living Through Kriya Yoga, and it's part one of a two-part series. Teachers of the path of Kriya Yoga that was brought to the West by Paramahansa Yogananda proclaim that it is possible by wholesome living, development of our intellectual and intuitive abilities, meditation practice, and the blessing of divine grace to experience rapid spiritual growth that results in illumination of consciousness in just a few years. And we're joined today by Paramahansa Yogananda's direct disciple, Roy Eugene Davis, who's going to share with us some insights from this path of intentional living for spiritual awakening. Roy Eugene Davis is the spiritual director of Center for Spiritual Awareness with World Headquarters in Lakemont, Georgia. He's the author of many books on meditation and Kriya Yoga philosophy and practice and healthy living, the editor and publisher of 
Truth Journal magazine, which is now in its 46th year of continuous publication. And he also writes monthly study lessons for CSA members around the world. When he was just 18 years old, he read Paramahansa Yogananda's autobiography of a yogi and felt a deep connection with Paramahansa Yogananda and the Kriya Yoga tradition. So it was in December of 1949 that young man traveled to Los Angeles, California to meet his guru. He was accepted for monastic discipleship training and was then ordained by Paramahansa Yogananda in 1951. Now, Mr. Davis has been teaching now for over 60 years. Some of his books are published in 10 languages and in 11 countries. And we're so happy uh, to have you here with us today, Roy. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Ellen. It's always a pleasure to be with you and to be able to communicate with the listeners of uh, this program around the world. Thank you. And I I want to also offer um, Mr. Davis's website, which is csa-davis.org. Now, before we begin our conversation about this path of spiritual living, let's take a moment just for brief centering meditation. One life, one power, one presence, expressing as all that is. In this moment, let's simply intend to open our hearts and our minds to this divine omnipresence, recognizing that we live and move and have our being in this one reality that is called by many names. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present, present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything. It is within us, it is between us, it is around us. So let us use our intention and simply direct our attention to move from the periphery of our awareness, from being involved in sensory stimulation or thought activity. Let's simply intend for our awareness to move into the depths of being. And you can use your breath to help you do that. As you breathe in, simply feel as if you are diving into the ocean of supreme consciousness, breathing out, relax, and let go of any distraction. Breathing in, dive into the peace that is always within you. As we become aware of our essential nature that is beyond change, beyond words and thoughts, we can become aware of peace within us and invite this peace now to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, the physical body. 
And let's abide in this peace and intend for it to overflow as a blessing for all beings everywhere. We're going to be speaking specifically about the Kriya Yoga tradition today, what it is and what its purpose is, what its promise is. And Kriya Yoga is is really a generic term, and it can indicate many different ways of approaching yoga with yoga's goal of self-realization. Yet it is also sometimes used very specifically to indicate teachings that are outlined in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, where Kriya Yoga is defined. And it may also refer to a particular tradition represented by a specific lineage of teachers and practices that are passed on through these teachers uh, through time. So, Roy, when you speak about the Kriya Yoga tradition, you know, how do you define it? What does it, what does it mean when we call this a tradition? All right. Well, a tradition is a, really the uh, transmission of cult- cultural uh, um, mores and uh, attitudes and behaviors and beliefs from one generation to another. So in the yoga tradition, the teachings uh, and practices are passed on from teacher to student, and from that student who becomes a teacher and passes on to his or her students. So it is a called it is referred to as a living teaching, and hopefully maintain is maintained in its purity and its matter of its emphasis is is constantly uh, constantly maintained. Of course, the word kriya, as you mentioned, uh, is a generic term. Uh, the uh, word kriya means uh, action or to do or process or procedure, uh, and uh, the word yoga. Uh, usually is defined as uh, uh, to unify or to bring together. Uh, in Patanjali Yoga Sutra, it is also used as a synonym for the what is called samadhi, or uh, bringing together firmly one's attention and awareness with a meditative object, or in the highest sense, with one's own essence of being, which is truly what yoga yoga really is in the ultimate sense. Uh, but uh, you mentioned earlier that I had met Parvamsa Yogananda uh, in 1949. It's hard to believe it's uh, 63 years of fast, but it's true. Uh, and I had the good fortune to have his uh, blessing and support and instruction uh, for a little over two years before he made his transition in March of 1952. But in that short period of time, I practiced uh, intensively that is, with concentrated endeavor, uh, meditation. And uh, so I learned from experience the the usefulness of uh, dedicated spiritual practice. And that's the important thing. We can uh, learn about the procedures, but we've got to put them into practice. I frequently tell people that that, uh, we can learn to meditate, uh, learn how to meditate from... uh, uh, books and from uh, from mentors and teachers, uh, but we really really learn the intricate process by engaging in practice by doing it, and I emphasize doing it on a daily daily schedule. 
by and staying completely attentive to the process. Yes, as you as you mentioned, uh, concentrated endeavor focus. You know, as the as a goal of yoga, really um, is to clarify our awareness so that we uh, realize, so that we know and we experience that which we are. Uh, having a steady practice, uh, a focused practice, um, contributes uh, to being able to realize that. You know, uh, when I was thinking about we were we were talking about a specific tradition, and you know, it seems that just in a common sense way, one of the useful um, reasons for that is that a student can then go deep, they can be focused and they can go deep into a practice. You know, there are many uh, streams of yoga and many practices that are useful, but if you get too confused, you know, trying one or the other, um, then it's hard. It's hard to go deep, and so, you know, yoga considers, the yoga tradition considers a lineage of teachers to be important, you know, for several reasons, but I think one of them is to support us, just as you say, with having focus and being able to um, practice what we've been given uh, to the depth of realization. Yes. Uh, it's been estimated uh, by a, a pollster who, uh, who did some research a few years ago that there are more than 20 million people in the United States alone who practice some form of yoga. And, of course, you, you consider other countries, Europe and other countries, uh, many more millions than that. But probably, I'm just guessing, but I, w- I, would, I would say perhaps 75% or 80% of yoga practitioners in America today are interested primarily in the physical and psychological benefits, and that has great value. And uh, then, of course, many of them do meditate, and there are many people who meditate who are not involved involved with uh, yoga practices uh, or yoga practices as they are popularly known. But uh, I think the trend is evident, and this interest in spirituality will increase uh, more rapidly now. I can remember in 1951 when Paramahansa Yogananda was talking to a group of young male disciples, and he told us, he said, uh, you, will, uh, you will see in the future that yoga will be taught in schools. Well, meditation now is being taught in some schools and at colleges and certainly in a lot of private schools. And in some schools, they teach hatha yoga, not as a spiritual practice, but as a physical regimen, which is, which is good. But uh, my my experiences with Paramahansa Yogananda was, of course, uh, in the uh, in the Raja Yoga, what we call Raja Yoga practice or meditation practice. He he recommended hatha yoga and uh, practice, but he didn't emphasize it. He recommended an integrated uh, practice of uh, devotion, uh, use of intellect, uh, selfless service, and uh, meditation practice. So that is what I also emphasize because I have found it most useful in my life. And over the more than uh, 60 years that I have been traveling and speaking now, almost 60 years, I find that people all over the world and all walks of life respond to that practical approach. 
So we really can see that Kriya Yoga is, um, and it has been called an integrated path, a path that integrates the various um, streams of yoga that 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 allows you to um, balance your nature, really. Um, and before we go to the break, let's let's touch on, you know, what is the purpose of of Kriya Yoga? You know, what what is the goal? Um, All right. In, in Patanjali Yoga Sutra, the second sutra in the second section of the text, Patanjali wrote, it was 2,000 years ago approximately, Kriya Yoga is practiced to remove all uh, obstacles to samadhi or to realization of, of oneself. It's, all the practices are for the purpose of removing the psychological uh, situations and the fluctuations in awareness that keep us from realizing or experiencing and knowing our true nature as it is. This is the this is the theme in yoga practice that we are not becoming spiritual. We are spiritual beings. We only have to discover that. And kriya yoga yes. is a way to re- remove all of the stuff that gets in the way of seeing clearly what is true. So that we can um, know, we can we can study, we can discern uh, intellectually, we can learn in that way. But ultimately, then uh, one must have the direct experience. And so, the practices of yoga for purifying the body and the mind and um, toning up the the subtle the nervous system is what then um, supports being able to have a direct experience so that we know. We, it's, it's not what someone else is saying. We have the ability to know directly. And, of course, this is the promise of yoga that is so encouraging, that it's not simply taking it on faith. You know, faith is important, of course, in the beginning. But uh, ultimately, um, one needs to have, and everyone is entitled to, their own experience of the truth of their being. Um, You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Roy Eugene Davis. I want to point you again to his website, csa-davis.org, and there you'll find um, several um, articles and also publications that you can download for free. Uh, When we come back from the break, we're going to uh, explore a little bit how Kriya Yoga is learned. We'll be right back with you. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Daily Word inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. 
However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Roy Eugene Davis, a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. In this segment, we're going to take a look at how Kriya Yoga is learned and what some of the requirements are and um, the basic practices. Um, From your book, Seven Lessons in Conscious Living, which I want to highly recommend to our listeners. You can um, get it through uh, CSA uh, Press, through the website there. You can order it. Uh, Also, if you are connected with CSE in San Jose, of course, we have it in the bookstore there. But it's a a program that you can um, go through of learning different lessons and practices uh, for spiritual realization. But you've written in there, after being instructed in the basic philosophy, 
philosophical concepts, lifestyle guidelines, and meditation routines, one acquires direct knowledge of what has been taught by attentive, sustained practice that provides opportunities for personal experience. So we talked a little bit in the opening segment about the importance of a practice for direct experience. So, you know, what would you say is the best way for someone to learn uh, Kriya Yoga and to be successful in their endeavor? Best way, the best way, and this is a traditional way uh, taught in the yoga system, uh, is to find an authoritative source of information. It can be a Yoga Sutra Patanjali or some other authoritative source, although that's considered the, the key book text for Kriya Yoga information. But uh, it's uh, not always easy to understand because it's written in the sutra form of sutras or aphorisms, very concise statements that really need, or most people need, uh, elaboration and uh, clarification. But uh, that's why it's helpful to have a teacher who is uh, skilled in the practice of Kriya Yoga as well as knowledgeable about the philosophical principles because you have an opportunity then to get it, get it, get the story straight without without any embellishments, and uh, then you can go ahead and practice what you learn, and uh, so that's important. So many people today read so widely that they become confused, or they read good material but they don't follow through in practice, and that's 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 uh, I, I see that I see that an awful lot. Uh, I, I know people who have been attending my lectures and coming to my, our programs here for retreats for years, and many of them are, are faithfully adhering to a, a lifestyle routine and meditation practice at home to the best of their ability. But also some of them who come, uh, they admit that they're not uh, attentive to their practices. Uh, they uh, get away from them. They become lazy, distracted. Uh, impatient, bored, uh, and uh, fall away. So once you find out what's useful to do, you've got to stay with it. And so that's why my two, first two years with Paramahansa Yogananda were so important for me, because I happened to be in a monastic uh, cloistered environment, and now one doesn't have to have a cloistered environment to practice Kriya Yoga or uh, engage in spiritual practice, of course. But I was only 18 and single at the time, so that was an ideal environment for me at that time. But uh, it's a matter of just first getting the right information and then applying it. That's the important thing, to to test it, to see whether it's true or not. That's that's so important. And and you mentioned, um, you know, being focused. And, of course, um, it's helpful... Uh, to have a teacher, um, so you're getting clear information. But, you know, also I have found, of course, over the years with the blessing of you as my teacher and my guru, the example of a teacher who is focused. You know, there's so much um, really good information out there today <laughs> that um, that is sort of enticing and people, you know, of course, don't see any problem with reading widely. It's just, you know, it's all good stuff. It's spiritual material. But, you know, as you were speaking about that, I was thinking about the quote um, from Paramahansa Yogananda that you often share where he said, read a little, meditate more, and think of God all the time. You know, yeah. it's such a helpful 
formula because, you know, when we're looking and we're reading all these different books and we're finding all these good practices and pretty soon we, we think, well, I'll try this one, I'll try that one. But what's really needed is focus and depth and to meditate more than we read. Yeah, that's the important thing, yeah. And daily meditation, daily meditation. And beyond the stage of just thinking to the stage where the mind is calm, awareness is somewhat clear, and we can contemplate or ponder our true nature, our essence as pure consciousness, and then just sit there and wait and watch until that realization emerges from within, which, is, which it will in time. So we have to learn to be, learn to practice meditation effectively. Uh, I know in the unity uh, a tradition that Charles Fillmore, co-founder of the movement, uh, was a profound meditator. And uh, especially in his later years. So, uh, for the, for those people, folks who are listening now, who are Unity Unity members or affiliated with the Unity, I would uh, re- remind you that the, the founder of Unity, uh, Charles Fillmore, was uh, a, an exponent and a practitioner of deep meditation, not just sitting for a few minutes, daydreaming or going on mental trips going into the depths of his being. And that's so important to do. Uh, there are, uh, you know, there are some requirements for a student or, or, or a person who wants to practice, uh, spirit, engage in spiritual practices effectively. Main, mainly there has to be sincerity of intention. There has to be the capacity to understand uh, or at least comprehend, for the most part, the basic philosophical principles and what is taught. Uh, there has to be absence of uh, of uh, mental perversity, which is the tendency to twist what we learn to serve our self-centered purposes. Uh, we ought to be uh, devoid of egotism, uh, that is, a, an exaggerated or an lo- uh, expanded sense of self-importance. In other words, we ought to be humble. Uh, we ought to be uh, want nothing but to be self-realized and uh, get our personality characteristics out of the way when we are in our engaged in spiritual studies and practice. And I emphasize the ideal of being spiritually enlightened in one's current incarnation. I don't talk much about reincarnation. I know you, in Unity they used to talk about reincarnation, but uh, or consider it as as, as a possibility. Uh, Parvansa Yogananda now and then referred to reincarnation, but he didn't emphasize it. He always told me and others who could hear what he had to say, get there, he said, go all the way this time. I don't think in terms of what's going, what's going to happen in the afterlife or in future embodiments, if you should have one or several, wake up this time, and then the future will be taken care of. That's the important thing. Well, to have that that... Uh, quality of aspiration um, to be focused on that goal of awakening completely to self and God realization in this lifetime is is very supportive for staying focused and uh, living intentionally, which is really at the heart of yoga. You know, not only uh, arranging uh, things so that we can meditate successfully, but arranging conditions in our life um, with our lifestyle, the way that we live, so that we can um, accomplish what we're here to accomplish 
um, right. which is to awake up fully. Otherwise, it, it it seems, you know, that it would be easy enough to just drift through life. The days yeah. pass so quickly, and as we get older, they seem to pass even more quickly. Yes, I've so, noticed um, that. But, <laughs> but even after the more than 60 years of involvement on this, on this path, uh, I still have a daily schedule. Uh, I here, here I'm here and I'm not traveling here at Lake Mont at our retreat center. Uh, usually I, w- I wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. approximately and have a light breakfast with my wife and I come over here to the, to our center and I'm here by usually by 5, 15 minutes after 5 or so and I have a little altar set up in my in my office, my workspace here and I uh, sit and meditate for an hour or more, and I do that every morning. That's seven days a week, uh, and I don't I don't get up some morning and say I don't feel like it, uh, or maybe I'll put it put it off until later. Uh, I do it every morning, and when I'm traveling or presenting programs, I also meditate every every day in the hotel room or wherever I'm staying. So it's not something that I I put off until later, or when I get to it now and then, I do it on a daily schedule. And I emphasize that as being so useful, because, you know, when you get into the habit, really, of meditating, and you are alert and attentive, it becomes enjoyable. And you also have an opportunity to go more deeply into what I refer to as a superconscious meditative, meditative state. The superconsciousness, uh, you know, super means above or beyond. The superconsciousness is other than ordinary conditioned states of consciousness. Uh, we have opportunities to experience episodes of transcendence or at least clarity of awareness. And according to uh, studies by neuroscientists in the last 20 years or so who have worked with meditators to see what goes on in brains and bodies of meditators, that uh, regular or periodic Superconscious or transcendent uh, meditation uh, experiences actually transform uh, the the brain. Actually, develop the regions of the brain that process uh, refined states of consciousness. And uh, the brains of meditators are different than non-meditators. The areas that uh, are associated with concentration in the prefrontal lobes of the brain. Uh, and, and, and choice-making uh, are more highly developed in meditators. And uh, if a person begins to meditate and stays with it on a regular basis, and those areas are not developed very much when they begin, after just a few weeks, uh, examination indicates that they start to develop. So I can remember Parvanksha Yogananda saying back in 1950s, before neuroscientists were uh, uh, aware of the fact that the brain is, can be changed, uh, he said, meditation will develop your brain, change mm-hmm. your brain, so, so it can process a cosmic consciousness and self-realization. And now we're finding out that it's true. So that's one re- another reason to meditate correctly uh, on, 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 on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it changes. 
it changes us. You know, as you say, there now there's physiological um, information that we can that we can see and neurological, but of course it also clarifies the mental field itself, and we we right. find that. Uh, you know, we're more balanced and peaceful, more more aware, more intuitive, all these benefits that come from meditation. So super conscious meditation is um, one of the foundational practices of Kriya Yoga. Before we go to the break, can you um, identify for us what other basic practices come along with, you know, this Kriya Yoga tradition? Well, basically, it's it's a matter of establishing priorities and first attempting or endeavoring to live holistically, that is to uh, harmoniously integrate the spiritual, uh, mental, emotional, uh, physical, and uh, environmental uh, parts of our lives so that we are living holistically. That's what it means to live holistically, considering the whole and the interdependence of all the parts. So we want to want to have, want to live a balanced balanced life uh, to the extent that we are able to do it, and uh, I emphasize that that we don't have to be reclusive and monastics to to uh, have uh, spirit, to experience uh, spiritual growth uh, by living a, a wholesome, purposeful life, a balanced life, and including a good nutrition. Uh, positive mental attitude, uh, having a having a, a, a sense of higher purpose in life, or higher than just getting by, and studying metaphysical or higher realities and meditating. This is just this just about takes care of it. And if we do these <laughs> things, we do these things. We'll find that it's a full time full time activity. Yes, yes, it it is, and it's really. Um... I'm, I'm smiling because I think, you know, it's really common sense um, that, you know, yoga sounds quite exotic and, and Kriya Yoga can sound mysterious, but when it comes right down to it, it's really about uh, healthy, wholesome, uh, conscious living. And uh, it's available, you know, to anybody who is really seeking um, how to become fully awake in this lifetime. Um, we're going to take a little break now. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Roy Eugene Davis. His website is csa-davis.org. Mr. Davis is the featured speaker at the upcoming International Kriya Yoga Congress, March 7th through 9th in San Jose, California. And you'll find information about that congress on his website there on the homepage. There's a button, uh, International Kriya Yoga Congress. You can click on that and see the brochure. Coming up in our last segment, we're going to talk about life's purpose and some of the goals that can help us realize that. We'll be right back with you. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Music speaks louder than words. 
Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Roy Eugene Davis, the Spiritual Director of Center for Spiritual Awareness in Lakemont, Georgia. He's the editor-publisher of Truth Journal magazine as well. In this segment, we're, we're going to be taking a look at life's purpose and the goals that are supportive of realizing um, our purpose in life. And Paramahansa Yogananda wrote, We are on earth but a little while. And the real reason for being here is very different from what most people imagine. There is a fundamental purpose for our lives. To know it, we must know life's origin and where it is going, look beyond our short-term goals to what we ultimately want to accomplish, and consider life's highest potential for development. So let's begin um, before we talk about um, what yoga offers as the four goals of life. Let's start with this highest potential for development. Of course, we've been touching on it um, throughout our conversation this morning, but would you elaborate a little bit more on that, please? Life's highest potential for development. I think that the highest potential uh, for development or for unfoldment is for us to be fully spiritually awake or what is, or fully spiritually enlightened and uh, I think it's the destiny of every person, every soul, every being, to be spiritually enlightened. And as I mentioned earlier, what we have to learn to do, if we're not already spiritually enlightened, is how to allow our innate qualities and our innate knowledge of our true nature and the higher realities uh, to emerge. And uh, but I, I. I emphasize that this should be our ultimate aim, our highest aim in our current incarnation. And so we have this overall, this overarching goal to wake up fully, to know the truth of our being, and then, of course, to live um, in in a way that is consistent with that truth of our being. Um, So Kriya Yoga not only examines the nature of reality and our relationship to the infinite and this um, 
highest goal, highest potential for our development, but it also gives us um, practical uh, means for spiritually conscious, successful living. So along with the meditation techniques and uh, lifestyle guidelines, there's also a framework um, that is called the four goals of life, or sometimes referred to as the four desires, that, that helps us identify key areas for personal and spiritual growth. Um, what are these uh, four goals of life, and um, how can they All be right. supportive of us? Right. The first aim is said to be to live in harmony with the fundamental principles of nature, and to do that, of course, we have to be able to know our own, t- our, uh, to have our, to, to know what we know. We have to use the knowledge we have and the skills and talents we have to uh, use them effectively and appropriately in harmony with the laws of cause and effect. Uh, this is said to be, to be dharmic living or righteous living, living in the right way. And when we do that, then we have, uh, we live harmoniously and we are healthy and reasonably happy as human beings, and we don't have psychological conflicts, and we are in harmony with our environment and with others. So that's a good place to be. And then we have to learn to have our life-enhancing desires easily fulfilled. Not every desire or whim, but I I qualified that, are life-enhancing desires. Uh, So the desires that are fulfilled actually are uh, support us in every way. We're hungry and we need to eat. We need to have shelter. Uh, we, want to, we want to accomplish our, our purposes. We need the, the, the means uh, and the support and the funds and perhaps the cooperation of others to uh, accomplish those purposes. But we should be able to have our life-enhancing desires easily fulfilled so that living is not a matter of, of struggle and effort. And then we should have our, our real needs effortlessly satisfied. What we need for our comfort and well-being should just be there uh, for us, or we should, learn, we should learn to be able to, to, to uh, produce it or attract it. And then we should also, while seeing to these first three uh, procedures, uh, cultivate our spiritual uh, qualities and awaken to self and God-realization in this lifetime. There are some people who say, gee, if I had the first three aims of life satisfied, I might not be interested in spirituality. Well, you would, of course, because even if you have all the good things in life, there'd be an empty place down there somewhere. Many people have uh, have testified to this. They've, they've, some people who have been gotten fame and fortune and all the money they need and all the, all the adulation and all the friends and all the things and all the toys, they still something's missing. And what, what is missing is self-knowledge and conscious relationship with the infinite. And uh, so this has to be included uh, in, the, in the fulfilling of the four aims uh, of life. So, you know, when uh, we... we, when we... I was going to say, when we look at these four aims, um, one of the things I think is very um, helpful is that we can see that that yoga or this path of a spiritual realization, spiritual living, is not... 
separate from our life in the world. And, you know, in other words, like you said in the opening, you know, we don't have to be a monastic. We don't have to cloister ourselves, remove ourselves from family life or work life. It's it's really uh, uh, about learning to live effectively. And yes. um, a, and a, an important part of it, I think, is is learning how learning what mind is. Um, and learning how to use the mind um, effectively um, yes. because that really comes into play when we talk about uh, learning how to have uh, our desires easily fulfilled and our and our needs uh, satisfied and, and really fulfilling our potential. So could you talk a little bit about, you know, what it means to understand the mind and to use it effectively? Yes. Uh, a metaphysical, metaphysical definition of the mind is that faculty which, uh, which records perceptions or memories and enables uh, reason and imagination. So the, the mind is not what we are, but it is what we can use. And we also go a step further in our metaphysical teachings and we say that our mind is a portion of a universal or cosmic mind which is responsive to our desires, needs, intentions, imaginings. That's why in metaphysical systems, new thought systems, they teach that uh, learn to control your, 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 your thinking, what you imagine, what you intend, what you expect, because your mind is a portion of a, a larger mind, a cosmic mind, some call it God's mind, which is responsive to what goes on in your mind. So we can largely determine our near and distant future experiences and circumstances by adjusting our mental attitude and learning to uh, think constructively and to use our imagination constructively and effectively. But of course, when we when we meditate, then we want to withdraw, temporarily at least, uh, when meditating, withdraw our attention from the mental processes. So because of so long as the, the mind is active, it's not possible to experience our pure nature. Uh, but also we want, we, we want to uh, develop and wisely use our faculty of discriminative intelligence so that we can discern the difference between what is true and what is not true. I noticed uh, many, many years ago when I was with Paramahansa Yogananda that several of the disciples that he referred to as being spiritually advanced were not monastics, but they were people who had been with him in a teacher-student relationship for many years who were business people and professional people who were successful in business and in their professional activities before they met him, but as I mentioned earlier, they came to the understanding that in spite of their success, something inside was not there. They were not spiritually satisfied. And then they learned to live right and think right and meditate effectively, and they were very successful in their spiritual uh, inquiry. And the Yogananda was very pleased with them. He used to say they are perfect examples of what he called Western practicality and Eastern spirituality. And so many of his most spiritually advanced disciples were very prosperous, successful people, not monastics living in a cloistered life, but they were very disciplined and very purposeful. 
And, uh, of course, one of the examples um, that we, we can read about is uh, Rajasijana Kananda, uh, James J. Lynn, who, who you knew, also who was a, a businessman and uh, one of Yogananda's uh, uh, disciples who was very focused on the spiritual path but able to maintain his business um, yeah. acumen at the same time and, and it's you know you can in reading his story um, you can see that his his spiritual life enhanced uh, his uh, his abilities right I heard him tell someone one time they were they were reminiscing and talking he said to a brother disciple who was also a businessman he said, years ago, when a few of my associates uh, discovered my interest in yoga, they teased me and said I'd lose my business touch. And then he smiled and he said, business has never been better. So <laughs> it doesn't have to. <laughs> we, we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't have to uh, withdraw from uh, constructive living, living procedures and relationships, constructive, uh, wholesome relationships, just to be on the spiritual path. And I'm I'm thinking about uh, Yogananda's uh, guru Sri Yukteswar saying, um, you know, with uh, taking care of your spiritual focus now, you know, everything in the future will improve. And right. so um, that is a promise we have of yoga. And I'm so grateful that you have joined me today on the Yoga Hour. And I want to remind our our listeners. Um, that you can get information about uh, meditation retreats with Mr. Davis at Center for Spiritual Awareness in Lakemont, Georgia, beautiful retreat center there, and, and also uh, subscribe to publications and learn about his books and teaching schedule at csa-davis.org. And um, you're also invited to meet him, to join him in San Jose, California, March 6th through 9th. Uh, it's coming right up, less than a month away now, for the 4th International Kriya Yoga Congress. And you can find information on his website about that. Also, if you go to csecenter.org, you'll find information there and you can register. also want to um, let you know that there are several programs at the on the Unity FM uh, website, uh, previous archived programs with Mr. Davis. If you've enjoyed listening today, you can uh, look up those other programs. One, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, as I knew him, was on July 1st, 2008, um, and you can listen to that program. It's there in the archives. And come back and join us next week for part two of Intentional Living Through Kriya Yoga. And remember to share the Yoga Hour with your friends by liking us on Facebook. Thank you so much, uh, Roy, for being with me today and with our listeners. Thank you, Ellen. I look forward to being with you and the listeners uh, next week. And until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. 
This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 